times it pours. This isn't a who did it, this is a you done it. Samuel Bankman fraud. He got us good and he got us dirty. Of course, as I'm sure all of you have heard, how could you have not? Whether you're into crypto or not, we have heard that the $10 billion downfall of a once $32 billion company of FTX has filed for bankruptcy and it is a catastrophic black swan type event that uh, has totally just imploded. And you might ask, well, what are the ramifications and how does this apply to music NFTs? And we're going to get into that a little bit in the sense of what type of regulation may or may not be needed moving forward with crypto, with what are deemed currencies, securities, properties, stores of value. Uh, these kinds of technical differences matter when we're talking about these different things, especially in the eyes of the law. I thought it would be a good time to tie in a little bit of my thoughts on regulation and some of the laws and enforceability and policy that I think might be valuable for music NFTs and the way of uh, Web3 music overall going forward. But of course, you know, we'll, we'll start with the Sam Bankman fraud character. I think, you know, when you lose $8 billion, you're no longer Sam, you are now Samuel. So what do we do with this SBF guy? And I don't know for anyone that saw like the, the, the text and everything, but the guy was just a total loser phony sham who didn't even believe in regulation himself. You know, every day, you know, the story unfolds with just more and more developments. Uh, he had a big article or interview that came out with a reporter from Vox Media. But then, I mean, the guy was like in the DMs with the, the reporter and I mean, it's like he's trying to confess. I, I, you know, I, I keep hearing people ask, like, you know, do you, do we think he's going to get punished or not? You know, criminally or by the eyes of the law? I mean, personally, I'm not really sure how he could avoid it at this point. But um, that's neither here nor there. It's more of just the story and the unfolding and kind of what happens uh, to all of us because it is what it is with this guy. But one of the interesting things, you know, this guy was really spearheading a lot of the political or the politicking, you know, in Washington, D.C. Uh, you know, I am American. I come from the U.S. of A. I know that this is a global topic and subject matter, but I, you know, full disclosure, I will be speaking with the vantage point of an American, if that isn't already evident enough. But for what it's worth, just want to make sure that's clear and upfront. But, you know... There's just a lot to unpack here. One of the things, you know, Brian Armstrong, who is the CEO of Coinbase, you know, he's come out multiple times and stated that 95% of the trading volume of all crypto has been pushed out of the United States. And the reason for that is not because that the United States has the most stringent laws. It's because they have some of the most ambiguous laws. And that's part of the problem right is that you know gary gensler and the sec and you know this swift hand of uh authority they've done as much damage with their inaction in my opinion as they have done with trying to penalize the bad actors without ever setting real policy a precedent and so what's that done that's pushed companies like ftx that were 
headquartered in Hong Kong and then moved to the Bahamas. And they're not there for the good weather, believe me. They're there because they can skirt around whatever red tape that they think they can get away with that will help them run a business that, you know, allows them to lose $8 billion. So they came, they saw, they conquered. But what does that mean for all of us? What does that mean for those that are sticking around, for those that want to continue to build in this world of NFTs and that believe in a world that is more decentralized, that believe in a world where new iterations of digital product exist, new economies for the creator? That's a big topic I'd love to get into at some point is really deep diving into what is the creator economy and what does it look like in the Web3 world? Some of those conversations are a little hard to have, though, because the ambiguity in the law makes it somewhat scary and difficult to talk about what's what when they won't really state it for us. And we're all kind of needing that. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know the breakdowns because we need to know. But, you know, the breakdown between what is a currency, what is a property, what is a security you know, I, for one, believe an NFT should be a property, a store of value. The way that a house is a store of value doesn't mean that price can't fluctuate, right? Stores of value can fluctuate in price, but they don't trade as currencies or as securities. This is the kind of way that I see a music NFT operating. But I'd like some clarity in the policy of what's what. As a creator building your own creator economy, you want to know from the technical and legal standpoint what it is you may or may not even know that you are selling. So this stuff really is important. And you know, a lot of talk with the the fallout of FTX is how soon or how accelerated this will create some of the regulation that now then will come. Most people fear that the hand will move you know, strong and swift with regulation now as a overreaction to the lawlessness and carelessness of Sam Bankman-Fried and what he's done with FTX and the customer deposits, which is very unfortunate. But at the same time, hopefully it does bring some an air of clarity for those of us who are trying to do good in this space and simply are trying to build so that we can know where the boundaries are. You know, a lot of us want to play the game and we just want to know where the boundaries of the court are. We want to know what's on sides and we want to know what's off sides. That's it. Most of us aren't trying to go off sides. We're just trying to play the game. But it's hard to play the game when the rule maker won't really establish the rules. They've been penalizing, but they haven't been setting precedent with policy. And that's our guy, Gary Gensler. Speaking of Gary Gensler, you know, of course, he ties in with all the conspiracy theories of FTX. And for those that don't know, you know, he was once cheered by the crypto community, right? A longtime career Goldman Sachs executive went to MIT to teach a semester at the School of Economics, ended up teaching ultimately about crypto and the blockchain and and blockchain technology. People are thinking, look at this old Goldman Sachs guy, you know, going to Ivy League school, you know, talking about blockchain. This is amazing. Then gets appointed SEC chairman. We're going, hey, this is bullish for crypto. And what do you know? The guy is silent. So for as much as people go, well, what's what's Gary going to do now? You know, I for one believe, well, we've been watching what Gary's been doing. Quite honestly, this has been happening on Gary Gensler's clock. 
The downfall of FTX is on Gary Gensler's clock. No one probably has a better per- direct personal relationship in Washington, D.C. with Sam Bankman-Fried than Gary Gensler. But the quiet, silent night treatment of crypto, which probably in all practicality, he just doesn't want it to exist. So he just turns a blind eye as much as possible. But evidently, the blind eye can no longer be acceptable. So we do fear for the overreaction in Washington, D.C., but I think we are looking forward to some type of clarity. And what does that mean for music NFTs going forward? I have seen some people talk about music NFTs as an investment. I think that's a bit of a scary sentence. I think what that's alluding to is this ambiguity that I speak of. Is one permitted to encourage and talk about their music NFTs as a financial investment? One of the things we're learning kind of as a, a society kind of, if you will, you know, loosely, is the thing about the Web3 and crypto in a world is it's somewhat in a way financialized everything. And so when you financialize everything, that's why, you know, these gray lines of, well, is it a currency or a property store value security? You know, how is it traded? What are the properties uh, of the asset class in which, you know, deem it to be what, what it is. This also ties in, you know, even with the dawn of the internet, you know, you go back to the 1976 U.S. Copyright Act. And when you go look at, you know, we haven't really had much of an amendment since then. And when you go back and look at the 1976 Act, the last update to copyright before then was in 1909. And when they talk about in 1976, why the need for change, why the need for an amended update and policy for copyright, it was because the advent of all these new technologies like radio, like the motion picture, like television had been created and that sound recordings and th- different mediums of work needed to be have a conversation. They needed to be at the table of policymakers. Have we not yet reached a point where we're saying that same thing about the internet? And now with different stores of value on the blockchain, how can we not be trying to have that same conversation with amending what a copyright looks like and the powers it should be able to have in a creator economy? One of the elephants in the room, I think, when we talk about music NFTs is copyright. I've talked with various founders working on music NFT projects, streaming services, and they skirt around that answer a little bit by, oh, well, we don't really touch the copyright. We're touching the NFT or the token that permits access to listen to XYZ. I think this only works so long until it doesn't. This, we're not really going to talk about it. We're kind of going to just avoid it. We're going to just push until someone taps us on the shoulder and tells us we can't do this. To some degree, I'm with that. But, you know, I'm a big advocate. You know, we really need our modern day Sonny Bono. You know, we need somebody that has that, you know, that political clout and that credibility in music that can walk the walk and talk the talk. You know, I thought somebody like a Scooter Braun might be the kind of guy that could help and advocate for lawful change. But I'm not really sure who's going to be the person that fights the fight and steps up to the plate for us. Or it's just going to be a, 
you know, a massive communal, it'll be no one person. It just is a massive communal uprising. You know, if music NFTs just get big enough, if, if music as stores of value and as properties become a big enough of an economy for the creators where the long tail of the streaming economy slowly starts to diminish, you know, what happens then? I mean, we know money talks. That's when policy change happens. So follow the money and the money's coming towards the music NFTs. We just want to know how the law is going to, how Gary Gensler is going to see music NFTs. Yeah. But the FTX stuff really sucks. You know, it's, uh, it's not good for anybody. I said a tweet earlier in the week saying that, you know, bearish on crypto, bullish on NFTs. And, and what I mean by that is a little bit in the sense that I'm bearish on securities and I'm bullish on property. I'm bullish on stores of value. I'm bullish on new iterations of digital product. I'm bearish on inventing money out of thin air and lending against it until an $8 billion hole shows up in my balance sheet. Definitely bearish on that. Another thing when we talk about copyright, you know, is this AI music stuff. And I will definitely be dedicating a full episode to AI music. And I'm going to try and make sure I work up some examples to show some of the power that AI music can have and some of the some of the abilities that it has to this day or today currently. But, you know, AI music, I mean, you want to talk about another massive tsunami tidal wave of legal gray area confusion and ambiguity. It is going to be with the integration of AI music. I mean, for example, what's already happening, let me just paint you the picture. I mean, think about it even from a songwriter. They can use an AI script, you know, scripting bot or an AI text generator as a thesaurus. I mean, they can be writing a story or a poem and, you know, you can be halfway through a thought and go and just write it in and and, and the AI bot will start generating new ideas, new words, new thoughts, and you can just kind of cherry pick and, and, and use as you like. Who's, who's ever going to know? And is the point to know, you know, what's the point of a lot of things if it can't be enforced? So I think it just brings a lot of questions. And I think, you know, a lot of these conversations, people are shy to have. I'm not really sure why. You know, I get really interested and curious about talking about the legal ramifications moving forward. I mean, I think the internet itself with streaming, I mean, I think part of the problem is that those that get to lobby and stay in charge you know, they're able to work the 1976 Copyright Act into their monetization models that, you know, are pro-company and anti-creator, anti-artist. I think the obvious answer is that, you know, there are people on the other side of that table that don't want it to be changed. In their eyes, it's for good reasons. So I've been pissed off about it ever since streaming. I think they get away with it. And, you know, I think uh, I'm happy that this new iteration of whatever blockchain is and what it can take away from that streaming economy and whatever kind of old guard they think they're defending with that model is, because at the very least, I think it forces a seat at the table. And I think as independent creators where intellectual property needs to A, be protected, but B, needs to be more liquid and more malleable 
more portable? I mean, do we not see what's happening with short form media and TikTok and how easy it is to remix and duet and do this and that? So, you know, you got AI music coming, you got stores of value coming, property coming, you have the ease of remixing and integrating media within media. You've got it with YouTube shorts, TikTok. It's going to be happening on Twitter. Twitter is slowly turning into a, you know, a content creator behemoth with the the new reigns of Elon Musk. So it's all coming. And I mean, this regulation in crypto is going to need to be had. It's very necessary. And hopefully we can get, you know, the SEC and Gary Gensler to start having more of a conversation and, and being less quiet about what's going on and only penalizing when it benefits them and staying quiet when uh, they couldn't care less. So hopefully they care. I mean, it was crazy, you know, because last uh, last week I was actually recording the episode on the day that the FTX was uh, stuff was all unfolding on right on November 8th. And uh, so I couldn't really comment on it, even though I was watching it unfold as I was recording last week's episode. Um, and it's amazing that it's already just been one week and and how every day it's just been such a such a drama to watch. It's been incredibly entertaining to watch on Twitter. It's been great for memes. The meme economy is good. Music NFT economy hopefully will be as, as strong as the meme economy during the FTX meltdown. Because that has been so- nothing but solid gold. So regulation in crypto is coming. I think short term it sucks for everybody with the downfall of FTX. And sorry to anybody out there that was affected by it. But long term I am bullish on crypto getting regulation on there being clarity and what's what and things being just more clearly defined for everybody so we know how we can play the game that's all we're asking to do and long-term bullish on nfts bullish on music nfts and that's what it is and that's why we're here so you know where you can find us find us on socials at tgm nft pod that stands for the greatest music nft podcast show this is your friend Beaks Vibe. You can also follow us on YouTube. I'm posting the podcast on YouTube. Find us on Twitter Spaces live on Tuesday afternoon, specific standard time. And follow us on TikTok, where I'm also posting some podcast clips. So that's where you guys can find us. And I will see you next week. Bye.